This episode is brought to you by Undeniably Dairy. Dairy farmers are more than farmers. They're climate caretakers. They see water as a precious resource. Most farmers recycle water up to four times, from chilling the milk to irrigating the crops. And some even use technology to turn manure into renewable energy. To learn more about what dairy farmers are doing to make their farms more sustainable, visit usdairy.com. Hello, hello. You are listening to the Oh Crap Potty Training Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Glowacki, and I am the author of Oh Crap Potty Training and Oh Crap, I Have a Toddler. Okay, so I am coming off of an in-home potty training, their day one, and I wanted to share some things because it's so great when I have the opportunity to do in-home potty trainings because really just keeps reminding me of how challenging, how boring, how that first day really lays the groundwork for potty training. And, you know, because my child's 17, my personal uh, potty training experience is long way off. But working with people, you know, in home is, is valuable because I am reminded and can really reiterate some things that are so important for you guys. So that first day, one of the things that happened is I arrived at this family's home at about eight o'clock. So the child had already been up. They had already, you know, he had gotten up at six. So they had had a little time on their own. And I walked in and the very first thing the mom said is, this is not going well. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You've been at this for two hours. Like, when can we ever say that two hours into learning something is going well or not going well? Okay. And it's a reminder because I think we get so pressured in our society with this oh, wait till they're ready and it will be effortless. So, parents have this mucked up thing in their head that if it's not rock star out of the gates, that the child must not be ready. We also are being really led blindly with these three-day methods. So if your child's fully potty trained in three days, then surely the first two hours should be going well, right? (laughs) No. (laughs) And I think we also are just really hard on ourselves as parents. This mom is lovely, very, very invested in doing the right thing by her kid and, and really wanting her child to be successful, you know, and knowing that the pride that this child has had in other instances on doing things by himself, like she just really wants that. And that is awesome. But that also colors the process, right? When your child goes to school or when they start learning to read, this will play out a lot. Your child's not going to learn to read in a day. They're not. And there are certainly, you know, just like potty training and all other developmental milestones, there are four-year-olds who pick up a book and can start reading Harry Potter. There are other kids who need the phonics system, right? Or to memorize sight words. And they learn very methodically. And I would say that's the bulk of the population in any learning curve. And then, of course, you're going to have kids who maybe have, you know, some sort of learning disorder that you don't know about yet, right? Or they maybe they're struggling. Maybe they're anxious about it. Maybe they need a tutor. Maybe they need extra help. We don't judge it. We say, oh, the kid needs extra help, right? But what we don't do 
is look at the child who's reading Harry Potter at four years old and say, what is wrong with my kid? We say, well, my kid is learning the more steady way. So I brought that up to this mom because I was like, hey, listen, we can't expect rock star behavior out of the gates. Now I hear all the time about these kids who like you tell them, hey, we're potty training today. They put on underwear, they do great. It is few and far between. And I'm not discounting that that can happen, but I also know that I always hear about this from parents whose kids are a little bit older. And I think potty training pains are like labor pains, you know, with time, the details get fuzzy with time. So I'm not doubting it that some kids are this like prodigy potty trainer, but it's not the majority of kids. And it's certainly not, you know, a readiness factor. It's to do when the child's capable. So what we did is we immediately, you know, I calmed the mom down. And one of the things I could tell that was happening already with her and her child was she was overstating the potty, the word potty. Like you can literally burn your kid out by potty this, potty this. Are we going to go potty today? There's your potty if you need it. Oh, looks like you might have to pee. Do you want to go potty? Let's go potty. So there was just a lot of potty, 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 potty. Day one is really intense. It's really boring. You know, I forget how boring it is because you're literally just sitting there watching a child's butt and their genitals waiting for that first couple of dribbles. And if you have a kid who can pretty much hold it, there's not a whole lot of exciting things going on. Another reminder for day one, have lots of activities planned. So this mom was, it was funny because she kept saying like, See, he's getting antsy. He's getting antsy. We would be outside right now. We would be doing X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, yeah, I understand that. But also, I'm sure you guys stay inside for blizzards. You know, there are days of inclement weather, air quality, pandemics, right? <laughs> where we do stay inside with our child. So instead of staying in a place of like, oh my God, we can't do our usual things, reframe it as, wow, we get to be really cozy inside all the activities we can do. What can we do together? You know, what can my child do while I'm kind of observing and them, you know, and reframing it like that will help your mental state a lot. It is never good in any situation, whatever you're in, say you're having financial troubles to just sit around and say, I wish I had money isn't helpful, right? You stay in the opposite thing. You know, one of the reasons I love doing obstacle course endurance racing is I have to suck it up. So I could be like, oh my God, when am I going to be done this race? Or I could be like, I'm here now on this hill. I've got to suck it up and be just be where I am and not be lingering and kind of stuck mentally into the something else, right? That's never good for our mental state. So reframe that first day. The next reminder I want to give you is that that first day is so much learning. So this little one was ready for a nap at like, I think 1030. And the mom was shocked, but I was like, look at his eye. Like his eyes are drooping. He's ready for a nap. This process is naturally a little more intense than your daily life. Right. And I don't think that's traumatizing for the child. I don't think it's weird, but we have to, as parents take their lead and recognize, okay, this child looks sleepy. Maybe they're going to go for an earlier nap and an earlier bedtime. This is concrete learning, you guys, right? And even if you're being the most chill, the most relaxed, it's still a lot of focus on the child and there's still a lot of new components. So remember that, okay? I cannot state this enough. When have you learned anything significant in a day? 
when have you taken a lifelong behavior and tried to change that in a day? Yes, that is like, you know, a person who has never exercised it, expecting them to run a half marathon in, you know, their first day. It never works. That's not how humans are. And yet we expect this of our littlest guys who have no logic, no reasoning, no prefrontal cortex development. We expect that we can just say a thing and they'll know what they're doing. The thing about potty training and this, a lot of parents hate this. There is going to be pee on your floor. You have to do a cause and effect. Your child has to start peeing before you get the potty to them or them to the potty. Okay. I don't know any other way. I love the idea of telling a child, let's go pee in the potty, and they just do. But has that really ever worked with toddlers or anybody? Like, hey, you should learn to walk. No, there's practice, commitment, consistency, right? Even in the kids that I see that are pretty rock star potty trainers, there's still commitment, consistency that is needed. Okay, so then the next thing I had to remind this family and remind myself so I can remind you guys is there are two things we're looking for that first day. This is super important because you get so focused on getting a pee in in the potty, but that's not all of potty training. That's not what we're looking for these first few days. The first few days really are data collection. We're looking for information. You have no idea how this child filled their diaper until you took off the diaper. Maybe they did little squirts all day. Maybe they, you know, filled it all at once. We don't know. We just see a full diaper and say, oh, it's time to change you, right? So we're learning all of that. And the child is also learning holding and consolidating, right? So very often that first day is a lot of little peas. Maybe that's how they fill their diaper. So this is something they're learning. So it's not just about a pee in the potty. Yes, that is ultimately the goal, but these first few days are so much more important for two other reasons. One, we want to learn that child's signal or their pee dance, whatever you call that, right? And that is the look on their face, their body language. There's something there that says, "Uh uh-oh, here it comes. Yes, and it might even be an uh uh-oh. For some children, that looks like pick me up. A lot of children on that naked day want to be held and they want to be picked up. And parents equate it to like, oh, they're, they're really needy. A lot of times they get peed on because a child is looking for that pressure against their genitals that feels like a diaper. So when you hold them, right, and they have their legs around you, their genitals are up against your body and that feels safe to them and they release. So that could be their sign that they have to be pick me up. In fact, a lot of my clients have said it took me a couple of days to figure out that pick me up meant I'm going to pee and I'm going to pee on you. (laughs) And so that happens. So we're looking for that. And that can be tricky to, to find. And that can also take a minute to find. And I'll say more about that in a second. Vaginas are absolute magic. And Ali is here to give them the respect they deserve. That means shame-free supplements made with clinically studied ingredients to keep your pH in check and your pleasure a priority. Put yourself on top. Go to Ollie.com today. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The second thing we're looking at is their pee pattern. And this is vital for leaving the house and vital for passing on to other caregivers 
if your child's going to be in daycare or be with another caregiver. So their pee pattern is when, you know, they wake up in the morning, maybe they're thirsty, they have, I don't know, six ounces of fluid. And how soon after that are they going to pee? Yes. And that is really important because every kid has their own pattern and it's wildly different in every human. A lot of kids can go that morning pee can go a really long time before releasing it. And then they release three times an hour. So it really depends on the child. Okay. So that's part of your job of figuring it out. One of the things you really want to look at on that first day, whether you're potty training night and nap and daytime all together, or just potty training daytime, when you take that first diaper off, you want to feel it. Is it warm or is it cold pee in that diaper? Because if it's cold, the child peed a while ago, so you can expect something's going to happen fairly soon. If it's warm, they might have just peed. So then you know you've got a little time before you start being on high alert. This is really good to know because it's such a tense day for parents that you want to be as chill and backing off as humanly possible while still being highly observant. And that is a tightrope dance to be sure. You want to do that so that you don't come out of the gates like, hey, 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 hey. It is very natural to overpump that first day. It's almost unavoidable because it means so much to you. You've taken time off. You've planned this. You've researched it. You've read my book, you know, and now it's like game on and you want to be, you want to help. You want to do things, right? Because that's how we are. Like, let me fix this. Let me do this. But a lot of this is just strictly observing, playing with your child, making it very chill for your child as well. Now, going back to their pee signal, a lot of people contact me and say, there's nothing. I would venture to say there's almost always something, but like with this, this child who had just turned two, just turned two a week ago. And so wonderful. He just like, it was a great experience, great house. The parents I thought were doing everything parenting right. Do you know what I mean? And we all collectively, me included, we missed two peeps. And I was like, okay, so I let the mom know this is what's going on. I didn't see a signal and you didn't see a signal. And it just so happened that the way we were playing, his little penis was behind something. So it was wild because I didn't see anything. While I was watching this child, I usually can pick up on body language and there was nothing. So I was like, okay, what we're going to do now is that it's not about catching the pee. It's about trying to figure out that signal and seeing if he gets a signal, which is where we bring the awareness from clueless to IP. So this kid peed twice right in front of us. And neither one of us caught a signal and this child didn't indicate anything like, "Uh oh, a lot of times that's what we're looking for, right? Remember I say that in my book, we're going from clueless to I peed, recognition that I peed, then recognition that I'm peeing to I have to go pee. And that's the, that's the timeline of potty training. Clueless is really unusual. It's usually when a child's like about 16 months or maybe there's something developmentally going on. So I wouldn't expect a 24 month old to be clueless, but I really, I'm the pro and I didn't see anything. So I said, okay, this is, it's not concerning, but this is what we're looking for. Because if we don't see that recognition, at least on day one, we want to reevaluate. We want to reevaluate what's realistic given that this child has to go back to daycare. So we started talking about daycare and, you know, like I've mentioned before in last, the last podcast. Now, the next P he did, he literally, he said, uh-oh, 
uh oh, and then it happened. And I was like, oh, perfect. We got that recognition. Yeah. That something was happening. And so that's a really good way to pull apart what you're looking for for day one is at least that recognition of I peed. So then the next thing that will happen very quickly is the recognition that I, I'm peeing. Then that, that big jump from I'm peeing to I have to go pee. That's the crux of potty training. So that will take a little bit longer. And then it was great because then we could catch it or know that it was coming. We always believe the child when we see that sign, even if they may not release on that first sit on the potty or in the red solo cup. We progressed very quickly to the red solo cup because like I said, in the first two hours, the mom really over talked the word potty and I could see this little guy starting to resist it. And he was happy as a clam to sit on the potty to read a story, but she just was saying it too much. And so I said, like, let's not say that word anymore. Let's just say sit or let's just try to get the potty to him. And then I said, okay, now we're going to use the red solo cup because right before his nap, he was really resistant to the potty. And I said, we just, it's just been overtalked. So we need to use the cup. So it was funny because she expressed a lot of concern. She was like, well, he knows that cups are for drinking and he knows, you know, and I was like, don't worry about it. Having a red solo cup in every room is a porta potty. It's super easy to walk around the house with, right? It's an approved container for pee. Yes, kids, you know, use it to drink, but there's, I've never seen a kid get confused. Yeah. So I have seen kids be a little bewildered, like you sure I can pee in this cup, but it's a very temporary bridge. It's just for when the potty has become something. It's become contentious or the child's anxious or something like that. Clearly this works better for boys, but it can work for girls with, you know, especially when they're running around the house naked, their little legs can be open and you can put it between and they can get a clean stream in there. So that is a possibility as well. He took to the cup and he liked the cup. And so I think for, for this little guy, we caught it early enough that tomorrow there will just be the potty chair back again and he'll do fine. And then they messaged me after I left that he had some really successful peas in the cup and was super proud of himself, dumped it out. And so I feel like they were really on track after doing day one. Again, I just wanted to reiterate all these things because I think we trip ourselves up in that first day and we forget it. We get so focused on the pee in the potty that we forget there's all this other information that we're gathering and that this is a really short time to, again, take a lifelong habit. Now, granted, their lives are only two or three years old, but it's still a lifelong habit that we're breaking and doing something new. So please, please, please be gracious and give your child a chance to catch up with this, okay? I just see parents contacting me. I mean, I'll get a, a comment on Instagram. You know, I've been potty training for six hours. This is devastating. This is heartbreaking. We've gone through this in other episodes. Guys, we can't put that on our kids. I'm devastated. My kid's not doing well at something. That doesn't bode well for future years, guys. We can't be devastated by something we can't control. And yes, we want to be helpful, but we also can do too much. I have really come to think of potty training and all of parenting as the bumpers on duck pin bowling. Like we're just there to make sure they don't go off into the gutter, you know, like literally and figuratively, right? We're observing and kind of keeping them within a narrower path that is, that's our values and our family, right? That's what we do. We keep them in there. And that's what potty training is too. It's it's less active doing and more like observing and providing the right tools. Oh, here's your potty, you know, not freaking out, not putting a lot of emotional tension into this because 
the kids are absolutely going to pick up on it, right? They vibe off of our nonverbal communication all the time. So again, we're looking for the signal or the dance, and we're looking for the pattern. Now, let me say very briefly, if you cannot determine the signal whatsoever, it is a little more important for you to keep track of the pattern that's going on. One of the things I highly suggest for this is make sure you know the water that is going into your child. So make sure that like this mom yesterday, he had a straw sippy cup. So she didn't have sippy cups all over the place. I don't recommend that. I loved it because at the table, he drank out of an open cup and has since he was six months old, which is great. And he had a straw sippy sippy cup in the living room where we were mostly focused. And it did seem, she said, I think when he sips his water, we get a, a pee right after that. Not that the water goes through him that fast. She said she thinks it's almost like when you turn on a faucet, right? Like the association of water. And I think she was right. So that's something to be aware of. But I also see a lot of sippy cups around the house, sippy cups in the car. And it's really easy to lose track of how much fluid is going in because that's going to give us a really good indicator of how much fluid is coming out. If you're really not seeing signs, I would say like it's more important for you to latch onto their patterns because again, that's the thing that's going to allow you to leave the house on day two or day three. And that is the thing that's going to allow you to communicate to the caregivers. All right. That's all I have for you. Just a recap of day one and how challenging it is. And again, prepare for this, you guys. One of the things I talk about so heavily on my other podcast, Oh Crap Parenting, and I encourage you to listen to that. One of the things that's becoming more and more clear for me in my work is we have to keep ourselves regulated. We have to. If we are not regulated and we are losing our shit, our kids cannot borrow our calm. All they can borrow is our chaos. And so it will only make things worse if we are not well-rested, in control of our emotions and regulated. And it can be challenging. These years are the hardest. And I don't care what anybody tells you. I hate when people say, oh, wait, just wait, just wait till they're teenagers. No, 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 no. Teenagers have different problems, but they can dress themselves. They don't fight you over shoes. They eat what you put on the table. They can take themselves places. They can cook their own eggs. Like, no, you are in the hardest part. And even just hanging out with a two-year-old yesterday, I was like, oh my God, I forget how freaking manic these kids are, right? It's like, whoa, uh, not manic, but like bipolar, like literally laughing. And then for almost no reason, a meltdown. It's like high emotions, low emotions, everything in between, they are so chaotic. And so we cannot be chaotic with them. We must keep regulated. And in especially this first day of potty training, I love it. I love when I am, when I get to do this because I'm like, oh my God, it's so hard. It's so boring. There's just a lot. So go into it well rested. Don't stay up late. If you're able to do it with your spouse or your partner or somebody else, you know, can you get up early and get a workout and can you go to bed early the night before? Because it's a long stretch and it's exhausting for you. But again, if you aren't in good shape and you're not well regulated, your kid's going to be all over the map. If you're highly anxious, your kid's going to be all over the map because the person in charge is supposed to at least pretend that they know what they're doing, right? Like you may not know what you're doing and that's okay, but you got to put on that game face. And I just see so many parents going into this like already exhausted or the child's sick or they're sick. Postpone it if that's happening because you just won't have the capacity 
And that's okay. Knowing our capacity is half the battle, if not more. So staying regulated for all of parenting is just so key because you can't co-regulate if you're dysregulated, right? And again, we're teaching kids. We're teaching every moment of the day how to be, how to be in these moments, how to, how to react. All right. As always, I appreciate you listening. If you guys are struggling, particularly with daycare, daycare is a huge issue right now. I don't know why all of a sudden this year is harder than any other year, but get our daycare course. That's the daycare blueprint. We also have my pooping solutions course. If you are having any trouble with pooping whatsoever, pooping in pants, holding for night or nap diaper, get my pooping solutions course. It's for any issues with pooping. Okay. And then of course, if you haven't read my book and you prefer an online course, I have that as well. All right, you guys, I hope you have a great day. And as always, rock on.